Thank you for tuning in to the Asking God Why podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast approaches the Bible with the question, Why? Let's look at the Bible to answer life's questions. Here is your host, Jameson Stewart. You know, I suppose we all have our favorite Bible verses, and I'm no different than you in that regard. I have my favorite Bible verses, my favorite Bible passages as well. And one of my favorites is Hebrews 4:14-16, which says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here's just a few, really specifically, I suppose, three reasons why I love this passage so much. First of all, this passage teaches us as Christians that Jesus represents us. Job, all the way back in the Old Testament, Job understood the challenges of approaching the Almighty God of the universe. He cried out in the midst of all that he was going through and all that he was suffering. He said, For he is not a man as I am, that I may answer him, and that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both. That's Job 9, verse 32 and 33. Job wanted to bring his concerns and his sufferings and the things that he was facing and dealing with before God, but he knew God wasn't like him. How could a a sinful, mortal person like Job approach a sinless, immortal God? Job realized that I want to bring all this before him. I want to pour all this out before him. I, I want to I figure this out, but you know, God's not a man like me. You know, if God was a, you know, were a man like me, then we could go to court, we could go sit down together, and we could figure this out. He said, but God's not like me. How can I do this? Job recognized, I, I need someone to stand between me and God. Jesus, as our great high priest, is the mediator between us and the Father. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 1 and verse 2, says this as well. Uh, John wrote, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. John reminds Christians that we have an advocate with the Father. We have someone who perfectly understands by experience God's side and our side. Uh, the, the picture is Jesus is able to lay one hand on the shoulder of the Father and one hand on our shoulder. He's the go-between. He perfectly understands by experience both sides. Christians have Jesus, the Son of God, 
representing them before the Father in the throne room of God. Jesus represents us. That's one of the reasons why I love this passage so much. A a second reason why I love this passage is because Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 teaches us that Jesus sympathizes with us. While Jesus certainly understands our physical suffering, our weaknesses in Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 actually refers to our sin. Jesus understands this weakness of ours because he himself was tempted in all points like us, and yet he never sinned. In an example of this is in Matthew 4, verse 1 through 11, you have there Satan coming to tempt Jesus, and it lists three ways, three specific instances and times that Satan tempted Jesus. First, Jesus is hungry, and the devil tempts Jesus to turn stones into bread. Jesus refuses. He, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which, is, which comes from, which proceeds from the mouth of God. Next, the devil takes him up on the, the highest point of the temple and says, hey, you know, jump down, cast yourself down, for you know, it's written in the Bible. You know, God said, after all, that, you know, he'll catch you. He'll give his angels charge over you, and, and in their hands they'll bear you up. They'll catch you, lest you dash your, even your foot against a stone. And Jesus responds to this temptation by telling the devil, it is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then finally, Satan takes Jesus up on a high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and tells Jesus, hey, these people that you care about so much, I'll give it all to you if you just bow down and worship me. In Jesus' response to this third and final temptation we have recorded by telling Satan, get away, away with you, get out of here. For it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Jesus sympathizes with us. He was tempted like us, yet he never sinned. He faced, as John said in 1 John two fifteen through 17 he faced the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and he resisted all those temptations. Our sin should be something that bothers us. It ought to cause us to grieve, just as David's sin caused him tremendous grief. You can read Psalm 51 to just see that repeated over and over and over again. Personally, nothing frustrates me more than when I sin. When Christians sin, Jesus is at the throne of the Father, sympathizing with our weaknesses. He feels along with us and for us. He is stirred with compassion for us. As Christians, we need to understand that when when we do sin, despite our best efforts not to, as, by the way, 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 2, that's what that's teaching, is make every effort not to sin. But if you do sin, you have someone there who's your go-between, who's your advocate, is your mediator, and also he's sympathizing with you. God cares about you. Jesus is there sympathizing with you. He's stirred with compassion for you and for me. That's just another reason why I love this passage so much. And then the final reason why I love Hebrews 4, 
14 through 16 so much, is that Jesus gives us confidence. If we sin, we can confidently, as Christians, we can confidently approach God's throne of favor through Jesus Christ. When we sin, we need God's mercy and his grace. And through Jesus Christ, we obtain what we need. We can confess our sin to God if we do sin. And then, as 1 John 1, 9 says, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1, verse 9. Because the blood of Christ is applied to those buried with Christ, Romans 6 explains that, it is just for God to forgive the sins of Christians, and that, knowing that, gives us confidence. We can approach the throne of God boldly, not arrogantly, but confidently, knowing that we can come before him and confess our sin, repent of that, and he has promised to forgive us that. We can approach him boldly, confidently, knowing that fact. So these three reasons, Jesus represents us, he sympathizes with us, and he gives us confidence. These are three reasons why I love Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 so much. I appreciate you listening to the Asking God Why podcast. I hope you have a good rest of your day. And as always, stay curious. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.